Lamentations 3, verses 1 through 24. I am the man who has seen trouble, trouble coming from the lash of God's anger. He took me by the hand and he walked me into pitch black darkness. Yes, he's given me the back of his hand over and over and over again. He turned me into a scarecrow of skin and bones, then broke the bones. He hemmed me in, ganged up on me, poured on the trouble and hard times. He locked me up in darkness like a corpse nailed inside of a coffin. He shuts me in so I'll never get out, manacles my hands, shackles my feet. Even when I cry out and plead for help, he locks up my prayers and throws away the key. He sets up blockades with quarried limestone. He got me cornered. He was a prowling bear, uh, tying me down. He was a prowling bear, tracking me down, a lion in hiding, ready to pounce. He knocked me down from the path, and he ripped me to pieces. When he's finished, there was nothing left of me. He took out his bow and arrow and used me for target practice. He shot me with the stomach in the stomach with arrows from his quiver. Everyone took me for a joke, made me the butt of their mocking ballads. He forced rotten, stinking food down my throat, bloated me with vile drinks. He grounded my face into the gravel. He pounded me into the mud. I gave up on life altogether. I've forgotten what the good life is like. I said to myself, this is it, I'm finished. God is a lost cause. I'll never forget the trouble, the utter lostness, the taste of ashes, the poison I swallowed. I remember it all. Oh, how I well I remember the feeling of hitting the bottom. But there's one other thing I remember, and remembering I keep a grip on hope. God's loyal love couldn't have run out on, 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 the, on me. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They're creating new every morning. How great your faithfulness. I'm sticking with God. I'll say it over and over. He's all I've got left. Amen. Thanks, buddy. You may be seated. That's a powerful portion of scripture, man. Um, I, man, I just kept reading that over and over and over and over this week. And uh, it's, it's a powerful portion of scripture. You know, um, today we're going to talk to those of you that are hurting. Maybe you're a little bit afraid. Um, maybe you feel alone. Maybe you feel exhausted or worn out. Uh, let's just ask a question. How many feel that way <laughs> once in a while? And so I am, I'm in the right room. And uh, Tim, could you turn it down just a little up here? And... Uh, Maybe you feel like you're losing hope. And uh, so we're going to look at a guy today. His name is Jeremiah. And uh, he's in the Old Testament. And as you saw his, uh, his, his words in Jeremiah, in Lamentations chapter 3, you know, and if you've ever feel worn out, if you ever feel discouraged, this guy is a lot like you. And I would encourage you to read the whole chapter this week. Uh, that you would read this whole chapter in chapter 3 of Lamentations 3. 
And in plain English, he says it like this. Life isn't fair. How many have figured that out? Life isn't fair. And uh, he, he basically is saying, you know, my body's wrecked. I can't sleep. I'm broke. Does, it, does that relate to anybody here today? <laughs> um, I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills. I'm overwhelmed with anxiety. And he says, I'm really not even sure God even cares. And uh, so today, you know, my goal is to help you remember the beautiful attribute that God gives us, that he's faithful and his mercies are new every morning. I want you to see that. And so, and I want to just go back to Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 and 23. And I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. He was reading out of the message before. But he says, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. And his mercies never cease. And read it with me, please. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every, each morning. Now, I want to talk to you today about the mercy of God. And the title of this message is, and, and I'm, I'm just calling this series God Is. Okay, so we'll just entitle this God Is. And, and, and we'll entitle this Hope When You Are Hurting. Okay. Uh, because I know that people, they just need this hope when they're hurting. And, and when we talk about the mercy of God, this subject, honestly, is very, very complex to talk about. Honestly, it's like soup. There are a lot of layers, you know, and they're all different, you know, but when you put them together, it's, you know, you have a certain flavor. And, and so one of my goals is that I want to communicate with you is to simplify Always when I preach, I try to simplify the Bible. You know, some people, you, you listen to the pastors preach, and it's like it gets more complicated the more they preach. But I try to simplify it. I want to make it easy for people to understand. And so hopefully on the other side of this sermon, you're going to be able to verbalize some of the truths that God's Word gives you. And, and we're going to talk about attributes like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, meekness, temperance, you know, those type of things. And, uh, and like I said, they're, they're all different, but when you put them together, it's like a soup that goes together. And, uh, and so today, I just want to give you three attributes of the qualities of God that are closely related, and, but they're very, very different. And uh, one is the word justice, okay, and the other is the word grace, and another is the word mercy, okay? Now, what is justice? Okay, I like justice because that means you get what you deserve. Okay, how many know some people just need to get what they deserve? Okay, now in our culture, when someone does something horrible, we tend to say, let justice be served. Uh, that's justice. Somebody gets what they deserve. Now, there's another word there. It's grace. And grace means you get what you don't deserve. I like that one. How many like that one? I... You know, and how many of you deserve salvation? None of us deserve salvation. And, um, you know, but God gives us what we don't deserve. And then there's another word here, and it's the word mercy. It's you don't get what you deserve. That's mercy. Now, they're all a little bit different. For example, most of us like justice, but when it comes down to us, we don't want justice. We want, you know, we want grace or we want mercy. You know, we, we want mercy. We don't want what we deserve. We don't want to get what we actually deserve. 
We want other people to get justice, but we want to get mercy, right? Come on. And uh, for example, okay, how many in this room have ever gotten a speeding ticket? Okay, most of you, okay? It shows you our police department is doing a very fine job, you know. Uh, now, I'm going to be honest. Here's a matter of fact. I've gotten two speeding tickets in my lifetime. And, uh, and I was guilty, so I'm not going to try to get myself out of it in any way, shape, or form. But my first ticket was written by a friend of mine that I went to high school with. And he had no mercy on me at all, no grace at all. I mean, it's just like, he just, he, he was a good friend of mine in high school, and he didn't even smile. He didn't even, you know, hey, Bill, it's good to see you. It's like, he was just doing his job. You were going X amount of miles over the speed limit, and I'm, give me a ticket, man. He wasn't my friend that day at all. Okay, uh, and, you know, had he um, not written me the ticket, though, that would have been mercy. How many would just say, you know, how many would just say, amen, praise God for that, you know. But mercy is when I was wrong and I deserved punishment but didn't get the punishment. Now, we want justice for other people. I'm all for that. You know, but when it comes to myself, I want mercy. And God, and this is good news, is a merciful God. Now, if you go to Ephesians chapter 2, I want to show you a passage of scripture. It's a little not fun, but it is what it is. And Paul contrasts our spiritual condition without Christ, our nature without Christ. And notice what he says, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins... You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to be like that, okay, to live like that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of the sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everybody else. Now, how many remember B.C., you know, before Christ? You know, how many, how many have a history, B.C., before Christ? You know, any of you relate to that? And some of you just don't even want to go there, man. It's so deep. But he says here, without Christ, you are spiritually dead. Not physically dead, but spiritually dead. And if you're not following God, you're obeying the devil and not God. You are following your sinful desires and you're subject to God's anger or wrath. Wow, that's kind of confusing. Because we live in a day of, let's just love everybody. Okay? And, you know, it's kind of, it's a little bit complex. And it's like, how can God be a loving God and an angry God at the same time? Well, I just want to show you that that can exist. How many of you have kids? How many love your kids and are angry with them at the same time? Anybody relate to that? How many of you are married? Yeah, how many know that you can love your spouse but be really angry with them at the same time? Come on. Some of you are just getting this hand up, just barely getting it up here, okay? Um, you know, and, and I just want you to see that. You know, if you have a friend who loves to drink and drive, how many know you can love that friend but really not like the fact that they're, you know, they're endangering other people and you really get angry about it. And so I, they coexist, you know, that God can love us and still be angry with us over our sin. 
And so Paul is talking about this nuance, and he says, without Christ, you're subject to his wrath. You know, he's angry at the filth, the horror, the sin that goes against everything in his holiness. But there's a verse that I haven't read yet that I think is such an important verse. It's in verse number four. Because he says this in verse number four. I want you to see the first two words. But God. Everybody say that. But God. Now, everything I'm talking about, it really comes down to this. Because most of our lives, we've lived in some sort of mess. Even after we come to Christ, we, some of us still live in that mess. But God. Everybody say it again. But God. He says, but God who is rich in mercy... Everybody say, rich in mercy. And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. And it is only by God's, what is it, the word there? Grace that you've been saved. In other words, even though we deserve to be punished, come on, even though we deserve that because of God's rich mercy, you know, he didn't give us what we deserve. Yeah, thank goodness. Praise God. Now, if you're ever tempted to think that God is not fair, and sometimes you need to say, thank God he's not fair, right? Because if he was fair, I would get what I deserved. Come on. Is this, is this getting to you? God is rich in what? Mercy. And that word mercy, you know, and if you go into the Greek there, it it, it has, they have these different tenses that are in the Greek word. And this is this, this present tense word. That just, it's not only he is merciful today, but God is going to be merciful tomorrow. He's going to be merciful this week. God is this ever tense, ever present word that he's going to continue to be merciful in my life. He is rich in mercy. It is continual. In other words, he's always been there. He'll always be there. You know, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. And his, his plan in your life is not changed in your life once, what, whatsoever. You know, it's continual. His mercy is unending. He's abounding in rich mercy. And the thing is, he has always been a God of mercy and forgiveness and love. And here's the problem. Because this is why so many people have a wrong view of God. And let me just say again, uh, I'm going to try to go a little deep here, is that so many people don't understand about God and his view of mercy. You know, here's what happens. People start in Genesis 3 when God is, you know, running them out of the garden and they end in, you know, Revelation chapter 20 and they don't read Revelation 20, 21 and 22. You know, they kind of start with a judgment and end with a judgment, but they don't see that God is a God of love and mercy. You know, uh, that, you know, they, they get to Revelation 20 and see that he's a God of punishment. He's a God of judgment. And that's eternal damnation. You know, and so for so many people, they think about God, they think, well, you know, you're a sinner, you're going to hell. You're, you're, you know, you're pathetic, you're going to hell. You know, you fall short and you're going to hell. You know, how many have fallen short in this room? You know, you're not a good person and you're going to hell. But that's not where God's story started and that's not where it ended. You know, the beginning of Genesis 1, it says that everything God created was what? Good. And then you get to the end of Revelations 
And he says, there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. And God, you know, God talks about his mercy and his grace in our life. So when God says everything he created is good, the oceans are good, praise God. The mountains are good. The desert's good. You know, the skies are good. The birds are good. <laughs> you know, the fish are good. The watermelon's good. I don't know, you know, just whatever you want. You know, it's all good. He created people and he didn't say they were just good. He said, now man is very good. So I have these two messages coming out in the Bible. And he says, you know, man is very good. And it's where it started. It started with the goodness of God in Genesis. And he said, you know, everything is good. Enjoy it. Have a party. You know, enjoy life. You know, I see people just going around and they just don't enjoy life, but they don't understand about the goodness of God. And when you understand about the goodness of God, man, I can be happy today. God has given me a family. He's given me a wife for 49 years. He's given me my children and my grandchildren. Man, I'm so blessed just watching Caleb up there today. You know, and I'm, he's just worshiping Jesus. And I'm thinking, dude, man, God is on your side, man. And I think, man, that's DNA. You know, uh, you just, so we're in Genesis 1 and 2, and then you get to Genesis 3, and Adam and Eve blew it. Okay, you know, Eve made him do it, so I'm just going there, right? They, okay, so, um, and God said, you know, if you eat of that tree, you'll surely die, and so eventually they ate of the tree, and they died spiritually, not physically, but they did die eventually physically, and so what did God do? He said, you know what, childbirth is now going to be hard. You're going to have to work hard on the earth, and there are always the consequences of sin. I want you to rem remember that. But he said, you know, his mercy will be new every morning. Anybody ever just go to bed, and it's a hard day, and it's like, wow. And I like the next day, it's just like he's got a clean slate for you. And he says, my mercies are new every morning. And... It was there at the beginning. It starts at the mercy and goodness of God. And it goes all of the way to the end of Revelation 21 and 22. That God says, I'm going to make all things new. Some of you just need to see that God is making something new in your life. He's not done with you. You know, he's going to take all your failures, your messes, your mistakes. And he says, I'm creating something new out of you. Wow, I, I love that. You know, God has always been good, and he'll always be good. Amen. Are you tracking with me on this? He's good for you. You know, we're coming up on the Thanksgiving season, and I want you to know, as we get into this Thanksgiving season, God is good. Not only good, he is so good. And he's a God of mercy. Every morning, you know, it says his mercies are new every morning. You know, David... In his anger, he sinned against the Lord by taking a census. God says, I don't want you to do that. And so he recognizes his sin, and he goes to the prophet of Gad. And notice 2 Samuel 24. So Gad came to David and asked him, Will you choose three years of famine throughout your land, three months of fleeing from your enemies, or three days at the severe plague throughout your land? Think this over, decide what answer I should give the Lord who sent me. David says, I'm in a desperate situation. But he says, but let us fall into the hands of the Lord for his, what? Mercy is great. Do not let me to fall into human hands. 
I'm going to be judged, man, I want to be judged by God, who is a merciful God. I mean, the, ju the world judges me. The world judges you all the time. You know, they don't do a good job of it. But my God does a good job of it. He says, let me fall into the hands of the Lord. Why? Because his mercy is great. And he'll have mercy on me for my wrongdoing. He'll have mercy on me. Let me run to the God of mercy if I've made a mistake. And all of us in this room have made a mistake at one time or another. We have failed. I think it's kind of funny. I want to go to the merciful God because God will show mercy. But how many know sometimes people aren't that merciful? You know, I'd rather much go to God than go to people sometimes because people aren't that merciful. And, um, you know, you go to people, if you mess up, how many know the people just pile it on? I'd rather much go to God. And, um, you know, and the tragedy is so often those who should be most merciful, the body of Christ, are those that show the least amount of mercy. I'm going to come back to that later. This is really important. But what I want to do first is I want you to know that just how much mercy means to God. In fact, if you look at the Old Testament, there are some really crazy details out there about the description about how God wanted his temple built. You know, it, the porch was to be a certain size. The storerooms had to be a certain place and certain size. The pillars had certain dimensions. And in the middle of the, the, the temple was this place of atonement. Not only was there this place in the atonement, but God wanted a mercy seat built. In other words, in my house, he's saying, I always want to, I, I want you to always make room for mercy. You know, make room for mercy. It is the center of my house. It needs to be the center of your heart that you're making mercy, room for mercy in your life for other people and their mistakes. Oh, God, give us mercy. And James was the one that said that mercy triumphs over judgment. And with the birth of uh, every new day, he says, my mercies are new every morning. And some of us, you get up and, you know, you start pounding your head. It's like, man, I'm, I'm no good. I'm not going to make it. I'm, I'm a terrible person. But here God says, you know what? My mercies are new every morning. He says, you got a clean slate today. Let's start it off right. You know, and God says, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. And I, I don't know about you, but I need to hear this. Why is it so important that you understand this? Because we receive the most from mercy. Now here's a question. Why is it those that receive mercy often are most judgmental? I, I just say, God, help us. Help us to quit being judgmental toward one another. You know, just because someone fails doesn't mean that God's not going to use that failure for something big down the road. He's going to turn that mess into a message. You know, and you say, oh, my life is so miserable. I'm such a failure. And God says, oh, whoa, 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 wait a minute. He says, my mercies are new every morning. And maybe you have failed. But he says, I'm going to turn that mess into a message. I like that. I, I guess because I make a lot of messes. Does anybody in this room make messes? Does anybody sitting next to somebody who makes messes? You know? <laughs> and I say, God, just help us all because 
perhaps one of the biggest reasons why people stay away from God today, you know, is not because of who God is, but because who God's people are. Does that kind of get you? Because sometimes the people that have received mercy have become the most judgmental. And if anything, New Life Chapel needs to be the most loving, caring place ever. When people come to us with their messes that we don't push them away, we say, hey, God did, God healed me, God wants to heal you. And, and I just say, what is our message? Our message is Jesus. It's a message of Jesus knocking on our door. It's a message of Jesus saying, come, come, come just like you are. Come with your brokenness. Come with your hurt. Come with your pain. Come with your suffering. You know, come with your sinfulness. Come with your insecurities. Come on. Come on, church. Come with your guilt. Come with all the stuff that you have. You know, come with your doubts. Come with your, you know, you, you, know, you say, well, I, I don't want to doubt when I'm in church. You know, this is, if you have doubts, bring it here. If you don't want to scream at God, go ahead. God's okay with that. He can handle that. You know, some of you just need to go in a room and scream. Say, I, I can't handle this. And God say, good, are you done? No, I'll handle it. And I'm not here to judge, man. I've received mercy, and I want you to have that same mercy. And you just need to come the way that you are. Come with your problems. Come with your difficulties. You know, come with your disappointment. You know, people say, well, I'm disappointed in the election this year. Well, shoot. God's still in charge. You know, you think God hasn't heard it before? Come with your complaints. Come with your questions. You know, you're not perfect. You'll never be perfect. Anybody thinks you're perfect, you're in the wrong church. You know, and when you showed up, everything got unperfect here. So, no, we're all imperfect. You know, we've been forgiven. We're a people of grace, and I need grace, and you need grace in our lives. And God is good. We need to make room for mercy in our lives. And so I love in the middle of the tabernacle, they made a mercy seat right in the middle that he would say, in my house, it'll always be filled with mercy. In your heart, it'll always be filled with mercy. You know, and just about the time you think, well, I've got this down, God's going to bring somebody in your life that you just cannot even stand sometimes. Rather than piling it on, you're going to love on them. You know that we're going to make room for mercy. And some of you need to receive that today. Make room for mercy. You know, so I, I would say, let's say that together. Make room for mercy. Everybody say that. Now, if you're watching online, I want you to put it in the comment section right now. Make room for mercy. Because we need to do that. Make room for mercy in our lives. And um, so there's a difference between justice and grace and mercy. Justice is very clear. It's when you get what you deserve, okay? And boy, we like it when people get justice, except when it's for us. And then there's grace. Grace is when you get what you don't deserve, okay? Nobody here deserves salvation. Nobody here can earn it. You're saved by grace. And grace is when you get what you don't deserve. And mercy is when you, get, when you don't get what you deserve. And I wonder who's thankful for the mercy of God in your life. How many are thankful? Man, yeah, let's give the Lord praise because I know I am. And I'm thankful that I don't get what my sin deserves. Thank God that God sent Jesus. 
And what makes it even more emotional is when someone sins, someone must die. And God, who is so merciful, said, you know what? Jesus is going to die for your sin. He paid the price for you. The one who never sinned paid it for me. And uh, the only reasonable response is this, Romans 12, 1, it's this. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he'll find acceptable. This is truly the way that we worship him. Because of his mercy, we worship him. Now, let's go back to Lamentations 3, and let me just wrap this up, okay? Verse 22. The faithful love of the Lord never, what? Never cease. And I love that. It never ends. It, his mercies never cease. It's continual. And they were there in Genesis 1, and they're all, all the way there till Genesis 22, or Revelation 22. Verse number 23. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin anew every morning. I love that. Whatever you need today, his arms are wide open and say, I'm going to give you a fresh start. How many like this fresh start? I like that. You know, it's like, okay, let's start out today fresh. Let's just, I don't have to go down that road. And, you know, his grace is new. His, his love for you, it never ends. And whatever you need from God, he's always been good and he loves you. Lamentations 3, verse 24. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. I like that. He says, to those of you that are downcast, to those of you that are hurting, those of you that are having a hard time, he says, I want to remind you of something. He says, I'm going to, I love what, you know, Pastor Ed was reading. He says, I, I've got a grip on hope. I'm going to keep a grip on hope today. I'm not going to let go. Even if it's just barely grabbing on, I'm going to keep a grip on hope. In verse number 25, the Lord is good to those who depend on him, who search for him. That takes me to Psalms 139, and I love this verse. Verse 7, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. And if I go to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the Father's oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. If I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in the darkness I can't hide from you. Come on. You can't hide from God today. And notice this. But even the darkness I cannot hide from you. To you the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same as you. Let me go back to verse 23 of Lamentations. Great is your faithfulness. His mercies begin anew every morning. Some of you are, you know, you're hurting today. Some of you are going through difficult times. I'm going to have the worship team come up. You know, some of you are having doubts. And some of you are having fears. Some of you are dealing with brokenness today. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm a pastor. I deal with this stuff all the time. You know, this morning I was on Facebook with somebody and, man, they just put it out there and hung their laundry for everybody to see. And I thought, okay, I need to reach out to him, you know, not publicly, but privately. You know, and I put it out there and I said, hey, I'm here. I understand. I get it. I, I understand what you're going through. 
And some of you are going through it, but here's the thing. God can handle whatever you're going through. God can handle whatever brokenness you're going through. God can handle whatever you're struggling with today. God can handle that. And he says, the, the mercies of the Lord are never ending. His love never ceases in your life. And I just say, amen for that, God. That you take it to God, he's there. His mercies are new every morning. I want you to stand, please. I want you to stand with me, please. We're going to pray in just a bit, but I want to sing a song. And if you're, you're struggling with anything, I had a man call me yesterday and he says, man, I'm just struggling with depression. You know what? Here we go, church. We can give it to God. Maybe you're near someone today that you don't know what they're going through. You know, we can come to church and we're all decked out and we're looking good, but you don't know what people are going through. You don't know what struggles they're having. You don't know what anxieties they're dealing with. You don't know what brokenness they're dealing with. You don't know the disappointments in their family or their finances. But he says his mercies are new every morning. I don't know about you, but I need to hear this. I need to hear this today. Heather, can you lead us? Old things have passed away. Your love
Lord, I don't know what people are carrying in their hands today. I don't know what they're carrying in their hearts. I know there's a lot of brokenness. There's a lot of brokenness in America right now. There's a lot of people hurting. We're confused about a lot of things. And we're trying to find our way. And Lord, there are people here today that are just... They've received bad news this week, maybe from the doctor, maybe it's from a family situation, maybe it's a job situation or whatever it is, but whatever it is, God can handle that today. God can handle those marriage issues that you have. God can handle those kids that are wayward and those, those, those children that are going aside from God. God. God is a big God and he's not out of control. God's not Republican. God's not Democrat. He's still in charge. And Lord, we just thank you that God, we can just trust you today. We can trust you with what we have. And if you're here and you, or you're watching online and you don't know Jesus right now, you can make that personal decision to follow Jesus and say, God, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I give you my life. God, I want to depend on you because I can't handle it anymore. So, Lord, I'm thankful that today we can just come before you. We can worship you, Jesus. You're a big God. You're a big God. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's sing the chorus again. For all that you've done, we will pour out our love. This will be our through Revelation 7, and we're going to be talking about heaven, okay? So if you want to come out Wednesday night, Revelation 7, next Sunday, I'm going to have our team that went to Israel, they're going to share their two favorite pictures each, you know, what uh, they liked about Israel. So uh, you don't want to miss that, but let's put a blessing on you today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his countenance on you and give you peace. And together we ask this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. God bless you. I'll be at the front if you need prayer. God bless you.